0: What do you do to ensure your kids aren't adversely impacted by their less religious cousins? Welcome to The Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 29 of Tractate Nazir and we learned that the best way is to assist in the spiritual growth of your nieces and nephews. Welcome to The Transformative Duff and thank you for being my Chavrisa today. I like to begin with a story. Shana was in a quandary over her sister's decision Rachel and Max had decided to pull their kids out of yeshiva day school and place them in public school. She was distraught at the thought of her niece and nephew missing out on a good Jewish education and being exposed at such a tender age to the crazy world out there. But was it her place to say anything? Maybe she should just mind her own business. To mix in or not to mix in. Today's staff discusses the role of the father, mother, and the extended family in educating a child. Let's look at the Gemara. Says the Mishnah, A man may declare his son a Nazir, but a woman cannot declare her son a Nazir. How so? If the son shaved his hair, demonstrating his rejection of the vow imposed by his father, or if his relatives shaved him, or if the son verbally objected, or if his relatives objected on his behalf, the vow is cancelled. Says the Gemara, a man may, but a woman cannot. What is the reason? Rabbi Yochanan said, It is a special tradition regarding a nazir. And Rabbi son Rabbi Chanina quoted Reish Lakish, The purpose is to educate the child in mitzvahs. If so, asks the Gemara woman as well. He maintains that a man is obligated to educate his son in mitzvahs, but a woman is not obligated to educate her son granted according to the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan who said it is a tradition concerning a Nazir this accords with the teaching if he objected or his relatives objected for him it is cancelled however according to Rabbi Yossi son of Rabbi Hanina quoting Reish Lakish do the relatives have the power to say to the father do not teach him mitzvahs he maintains that any education that is not validated by the relatives is not pleasing to the child let's analyze the Gemara Let's discuss the power of family on a person's religious outlook and practice. Why am I an observant Jew? First and foremost, because I was blessed to have been born into a family committed to Torah mitzvahs. Having said that, I've made my own choices and investigations over the years, and I believe that I'm practicing Torah Judaism because it is the absolute truth. But even within the realm of traditional Jewish observance, there's a spectrum of observance. Pick any two Torah-observant Jews, and you're bound to f- find divergent approaches to their Judaism. One will only eat certain Hech the other will eat any Hech One will keep Chalb Stroll, the other will eat OUD. One will wear open-toe shoes, the other will consider that inappropriate to her sneer sensibilities. One will watch movies and listen to the radio, the other will not. One will use a smartphone, the other will not. One will serve in Sahal, the other will not. One will go to university, the other will not. The list goes on and on. How are those decisions navigated and formed? Often, they're determined by the community where we choose to live. The religious norms of one Jewish community may be vastly different to another. What's acceptable in Teaneck may be unacceptable in Lakewood. What's normal religious practice in Hendon may be objectionable in Stamford Hill. And what's okay in Ranana might not be tolerated in Bnei Brak. Does that mean that the residents of one place would consider the others not from? Well, how can you tell? It's simple. When it comes to differentiating between religious and non-religious, we have dividing lines, such as whether an individual may be used as a kosher witness or, in some communities, counted in a minion. But for the most part, the different approaches mentioned above are not considered disqualifiers. As distasteful as one Torah Jew might find another's religious choices, he will still generally consider the person to be within the fold. Now apart from the community where we live, there are also other factors closer to home. If one sibling chooses a religious path divergent from the family's, very often the younger siblings will follow the lead. This is true whether he is adopting more stringent practices or more lenient approaches. Much as we would like as parents for all children to be chips off the old block, every child will make his personal religious lifestyle decisions. We're not with our children 24-7 and they may be influenced by friends, teachers, and the culture around them. However, much as we might strive as parents to keep our nuclear family monolithic in its religious norms and practices by rearing our children within our chosen communities, an additional layer is often present. Aunts, uncles, and cousins. Most extended Torah-observant families consist of a variety of religious practices. That Teaneck family, they have cousins in Lakewood. The Stamford Hill folks, their brother married a girl from Hendon. The Ranana Olim, one of the boys went to learn in Ponovich and is now raising his family in Benay Brak. And so when the family gets together for Shabbos Yom to Simcha's or Safta's birthday, inevitably the cousins are all intermingling. Consequently, not only are children forming their view and determining their approach to Jewish practice based on their older siblings' choices, but now they're also using their cousin as the bar and standard bearer. If it's okay for my firm cousin to dress like that, then why can't I? That's the meaning of the Gemara's statement that a child makes his educational decisions based on what his relatives think. They're family, and it's normal to want their tacit approval for my lifestyle choices. So what do you do to ensure that your own kids won't be adversely impacted by others in the extended family? You take the bull by the horns and make sure that you're doing whatever you can to influence the educational choices of the extended family. A friend of mine lives in Tinek. He was born in Ukraine and grew up with very little Jewish knowledge or practice. Eventually, he discovered Torah and and today he and his wife live a wonderful from life. But his siblings, unfortunately, are distant from Jewish life both literally and figuratively speaking. His sister joined the U.S. Navy and fathered a child with a fellow service person. That boy grew up on base with no Jewish education or community. Nevertheless, he knew that his uncle and aunt were religious and would visit them from time to time. One day his uncle said to him, would you like to come and live with us in Teaneck and attend a Jewish school? He gave it some thought and agreed. The Frisch school was incredibly accommodating and structured a personalized curriculum around the boy who was entering the middle of high school unable to tell an Allah from a base. This tzaddik of an uncle and his Asha's child wife took this boy into their home and paid his school tuition because they understood the responsibility and impact of extended family. Aunts and uncles share the responsibility for their nieces and nephews' education. If you feel that your sibling is making a poor choice concerning their children's education you have every right to get involved it's not a matter of minding your own business the gemara makes it clear that your relative's education is your business but getting involved means taking responsibility your sibling might have taken their child out of yeshiva day school because it's expensive it's not enough to offer your opinion you may also need to be prepared to put your hand inside your pocket or advocate on his behalf to the school scholarship committee why is it your business? Why do you get an opinion when it comes to education of your nieces and nephews? As well as the potential impact their educational choices may have upon your own children, there's an additional element. Your nephews and nieces are the grandchildren of your parents. Every parent wants the best for their offspring, physically, materially, emotionally and spiritually. When you work to ensure the spiritual and educational success of your nieces and nephews, you are honoring your parents. The Torah declares, For what great nation is there that has a God so close at hand, as is our God Hashem whenever we call? Or what great nation has laws and rules as perfect as all this Torah that I set before you this day? But take utmost care and watch yourself scrupulously, so that you do not forget the things that you saw with your own eyes, and so that they do not fade from your minds as long as you live, and make them known to your children and to your children's children. From here, our sages learn that we have a duty to educate not only our children, but our grandchildren too. And so your involvement in your nephew's and niece's educational choices is every bit your business. You have an obligation to honor your parents. Part of that honor is achieving the very best outcome for their grandchildren. They say that it takes a village to raise a child. Your choice of village will have a major impact on how your child is raised. You can choose which village to live in. You cannot choose which family to belong to but you can choose to increase your level of influence in your divinely mandated family. May you merit a nuclear and extended family committed to Torah and Mitzvahs, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Dafyomi for years, or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Dafyomi global movement, there's something in the transformative Daf for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Daf with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter, contains the secrets of the universe. To achieving a life of Simcha and purpose, transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaic Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicpress.com. Thank you. The Transformative Daf.